0: This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history. From memes to movements, see how this powerful online community shapes culture and society. Black Twitter, a people's history is now streaming on Hulu. Okay, Anna, let me tell you a story. Let me set the scene.
1: Tell me, Felix. In
0: late 2018, I was told about this musician in Cuba that was shaking things up literally. He was described to me as a mix between James Brown, Sly Stone, and Cuban big band singer Benny (laughs) Moré. Fast forward one year, I'm at the South by Southwest Music Festival in Austin in 2019. I was going to present a show, and I included them on a showcase that Friday night. Wednesday night, I went to go see him perform at another venue. I was floored. I was stunned. All the years I've been going to South by Southwest, it was the first time I was completely laid out. So when he did our show Friday night, there was a line down the block, his word had gotten out, and he came out with his band and killed. And it's everything they said. James Brown, Sly Stone, Benny More, Cuban music, funk, Afro Cuban music, rhythms, everything. The guy's name is Seema Funk, and that's who we're going to talk to this week.
1: always bragging to me about all the really cool shows that you get to go to. And that's what made me feel so excited to see Seema Funk when he played at the NPR Music 15 year anniversary show. And you're 100% right. I mean, the way that his band just absolutely kills, they are incredible. It is like you cannot be in the room with them without going wild dancing and i swear it's it's all him he's just got the rhythm in him
0: it's part of that continuum that flow of afro cuban music that starts in cuba then ends up mixing with music here in the united states it happened in the 50s with jazz it happened in the 60s with other forms of funk and rock and stuff sima funk is part of that trajectory
1: and he's really consciously part of that trajectory no
0: you're right he's very conscious of his african roots in fact his name sima funk is a combination of Cimarron, which is a historic name for enslaved people who ran away and started their own small little secret towns in the hills after they escaped. And then Funk. He's enamored, he's in love with 70s Funk. And that name just brings all of that together. And in fact, closes a circle on the African diaspora between the United States and from the Caribbean. So he's very, very dedicated to telling that story that history well you dance your ass off let's just jump right into the interview
1: so i feel like i'm crashing the party a little bit because you guys have a special connection and had a little bit of a crazy night last night because you felix played (laughs) with sema funk yeah and that's not your first time is it
0: no it's a couple times already with the with the band, they've been very gracious to let allow me to share their wonderful magic. <laughs> it is. It's it's. it's so a I'm lot of fun.
1: interviewing both of you. <laughs> okay. You're both coming in let as the know. musicians today. Sima <laughs> oh, Funk and his conguero. <laughs> the one and only. <laughs> And you guys were talking on on our way up here. You were talking about some drummers. What were you talking about?
0: We were talking about some of the cross-fertilization between African-American drummers here in the United States and the Afro-Cuban music and how some of the African-American drummers were studying Afro-Cuban music and then incorporated it into what they were doing. And then also Mm -hmm. how some of the R&B drummers, the conga players, ended up, Adapting the conga parts to the R&B drummers, mm-hmm. mm. so it's it's a really it's a very strong, especially during the Boogaloo era, 1960 and mid 60s, early 60s, and then how it transferred over to Motown. We were talking about Marvin Gaye, what's going mm. on. Those conga parts reflect a cross fertilization of Afro-Cuban and Afro- mm. african American.
2: Amazing. It's, a, it's a beautiful song, and I'm a big fan of Marvin.
1: Mm-hmm. But
2: yeah, it's what Felix says. It's so much of Afro-Cuban there, and mm-hmm. you feel it in the in the groove, especially in the bridge when they made the bridge. Mm-hmm. They are making this this playing with the congas, mm-hmm. and they don't don't shut up the back, back, the the heat of the conga. They do all open. Uh-huh. And now talking with Felix, we just get to that to that conclusion. And they was playing drum with the, the congas. So he was telling me like a piece. Mm. with the congas. So it's it's great how they was doing that in that time, because it was really strong, the, the Afro-Cuban movement and all the African mm. movement and group that was developed in the in the States. So it's it's great. Marvin Gaye was the pop guy from all of that.
1: Wow. It do was you was the sweetness. Do you feel like a lot of people are aware of that crossover? You both kind of have...
2: No, but, uh, but they feel it. They feel yeah. it. Sometimes they don't know. But you feel it, and that's really interesting and beautiful when you don't realize the things, but at some moment you bang, you see and you, ask, you say like, yeah, I've been feeling that since always. And that happened to me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't aware of oh, how big was the roots of the Afro-Cuban music mm-hmm. in the whole uh, growth of the danceable music mm-hmm. in America. And mm-hmm. I was just doing music. I'm my things and doing my things, but once I start to know more and see more information and trying to understand the coincidence, I realized that mm. that we have been everywhere. Mm. The group of the of the Afro-Cuban vibe have been everywhere uh, for a long. So that's beautiful. When you discover that, you see like yes, it's great.
1: What What did you start with then? Con Con Afro-Cuban beats. <clears throat> like, what was your original? What was the music that you felt you had to express first?
2: Oh, well, the first the first first songs that I made was. Christian songs, nothing to do with that. <laughs> it's a different type of of songs, all ballad and sing. I was singing in a chair, like super calm. And then I start to make, I start to write, but really small things. But in reggaeton, in my school before mm-hmm. the university, mm-hmm. it was the you know the, the fashion time of the reggaeton for the girls and sing. You you just put your band of reggaeton together and you got all and. And, but yes, was after all that, I started to, wrote, to write more with conscience. And, and since now I was writing Trova. Mm-hmm. But also focusing on the salsa and, and the song, these kind mm-hmm. of things. ¶¶¶¶ <laughs> Yeah, I've been writing many, many things around around music, but always the Afro Cuba have been in the house. We have been listening bam bam. We have been listening in mm. a we have been listening a kere all day long. So it's chanangana era Pupi.
0: So we got this,
2: we got this since we kids.
0: So the, the bands you mentioned right now, those are all bands that came along in Cuba maybe around the nineties or so, right? Yeah. But they were also absorbing and influencing rhythms and, and beats from the United States. They were incorporating Definitely. funk and everything.
2: Definitely. Iragere, I, I hear when I when I start to hear funk and, and I was like, I know this for some places, especially the percussion. And when I back to Iragere again, it was amazing. Mm. It's amazing how they was cooking that and was really acid and speed funk mm. with the horns and crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. And also Bamban, Bamban was making, for me was making all this Movement with the with the strings and with the and with the horns, and uh, you got all the Beatles vibe in the mm-hmm. trombone and in the and in the string too, and at the same time you got the rhythm change because it was Sango was he was doing? Yeah, that is mm-hmm. another type of thing, and you you feel all the influence, but it's another thing. It's another thing. So uh, I grew up listening to that music and that that influence. It made me like understand a lot of things, especially today. Because when I listen to that music today, I just feel that it's hundred percent connect to all that is happening now and all what is was happening before.
1: You were always listening to this music, but was there a moment for you when you decided you wanted to incorporate a lot of these sounds that you're talking about in your own music? Did it feel natural? Was there a moment? Was it a time? What?
2: when I do that more conscious, was the beginning of, of my solo career. I start with the band that I was working that was calling Los Boys. And I was, I I remember that I was in in Le Menu. it's like a ski camp in France. So I was in that cold moment, and started doing a ski the whole day, like obsessed with that. And when I arrived to the the house, I was calm in the living room. And I started to make this song called Revuelto. Lento me despierto, ella está cerca, yo contento. Calor por fuera y amor por dentro. Hay de la vida los buenos momentos. Entra el sol por la ventana, cantan aves en las ramas. Vivo dentro de un poema que se escribe en una cama. Mamá, ¿qué estás haciendo? Me siento revuelto, no entiendo qué es esto. I made the whole song in one hour, two hours. I was like, yo, it's, it's beautiful song. I should make more songs like that. And the person that was with me there in the camp, she told me, you should make an album. You should make an album with this song. I was like, yo, are you sure? He said, yeah, yeah you should make more and more more songs. Said, OK, let's make an album. Then we back to Paris and we was living in the apartment and I was making songs all day, all day. But I wasn't focused on the rhythm. I wasn't focused on nothing. I, just was, I was just creating the songs. Some idea came to me, and I put the rhythm in the guitar, and I put that, and this go up, grow, and I start to put more rhythm and stuff. But nothing was conscious. My boy, for example, I was listening a lot of Fela Kuti. In that moment, I get crazy with Fela, and I get crazy with... Ta-ta, 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 all this groove of Fela, and, and the chorus, and the... Chakara, 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 this kind of energy. So I start to trying to understand the groove and trying to play that kind of groove. And I start to play with the kick and the tempo all the time. All, I put the uh, la clave, that kind of clave. And I start to put a couple elements and without notes, without knowing, I end up making like a Afro-Cuban song, like a, some pilons, some stuff like that. And once I get that rhythm, I was like, this is no longer fair. I just go another way. Hey. Hey.
0: Trying to picture this circle, so it's it's Cuban music by way of Nigeria with Fela, and then it comes out sounding U.S. funk.
1: And yeah. don't forget, but he's in Paris,
0: and he's in Paris. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it was a crazy
2: combination. It was a yeah. really special yeah. moment. Then I end up the album in Cuba, I back to Cuba. I rent an apartment. And I wow. was just cooking songs every day, all day long, all my friends coming to the apartment. and everybody just coming there to record, all the ones to hear the music. Mm. I just cooked the whole album in that place and I finished it and after that, everything started to happen.
1: Being in Paris at the time, mm. how long had you been there? Because you mentioned how you, you were know, pulling from all these different mm. sounds, none of which were like where you were from. Mm. Like You weren't initially set out to be like, I'm going to make Afro-Cuban beats. So did it feel kind of like a coming home for you to when it came out like that? Like, I, were you expecting that?
2: Yeah, well, I, no, it doesn't matter where I've been. I, I've been traveling since 2015, since God and, and life and music. I've been traveling, and I never feel in home anywhere. <laughs> just feeling home in Cuba. So I, um, it doesn't matter if in Paris or whatever. It's just I, I realized that I got to do something that I know how to do. And it's nothing else that I can, I can understand better than the scenes that mm. I grew up with. All you know, the sounds that I grew up with, all that scene, I try to keep attached to that. It doesn't matter where I am. Mm. It doesn't matter
0: where I'm going to create or stuff. I try to keep that. That's the weapon.
1: The music is home for you. That's how you mm. bring home with you. Right.
0: Yeah. I, I interviewed a Brazilian musician once who had been in New York for, you know, 25 years. And he said that he never felt more Brazilian until he was out of Brazil mm. and had to call it from within himself right. to create that music. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. That's happened.
1: It, yeah, it's like the thing that lives within you. Mm-hmm. You have to put it out there because that's you have to build that somewhere else. Yeah. yeah.
0: What's fascinating to me is how mathematically, you know, music is numbers, music is math, right? Mm-hmm. But mathematically, the R&B and funk works with the Cuban beats and rhythms, right? The the clave, right? They fit perfectly. They superimpose over each other perfectly. Mm -hmm. And like you said, NG La Banda, uh, Los Van Van, some of those bands experimented with that. And we're very, very successful with that. Definitely. Yeah. That's universal. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I think that's the key and that's the magic and that's what makes that music work and and your music work is the fact that the numbers match up, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Musically, Mm -hmm. it, it, it... it matches up. Slightly different emphasis on different beats, right? Mm-hmm. And when you put them together, it just, it's unstoppable. Yeah, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We're taking a quick break from this interview. We'll be back with the good stuff in just a moment. ¿Quién Are We? is a podcast that celebrates the stories and joy of Latin people. Your identity
2: is where you grew up. I
1: think I belong in Colombia.
2: Who you grew up with.
0: My
1: sister and I would make up English
0: words. The foods you ate. I owe my life to the flour tortilla. The traditions that you celebrate, the things that make you happy.
1: Listen to ¿Quién Are We? A podcast from Colorado Public Radio, part of the NPR Network.
0: The day's top headlines, local stories from your community, your next podcast binge listen. You can have it all in one place, your pocket. Download the NPR app today. The NPR app cuts through the noise, bringing you local, national and global coverage. No paywalls, no profits, no nonsense. Download it in your app store today.
1: What's happening on NPR podcasts? More neighborhoods and more perspectives. The more of the world that you hear, the more you hear the world as it really is. NPR podcasts, more voices, all ears. Find NPR wherever you get your podcasts. News is
0: a public service. That's why NPR never puts a paywall in front of our journalism. NPR.org, our free website, promises to stay that way so that you get all of it. Breaking news, pop culture, award-winning journalism, wherever you are.
1: To stay connected, head to NPR.org. That's
0: what I was saying before when we were talking. When... I've had the great opportunity to play with you guys. I can listen to the drummer. I can listen to the you know the other percussionist. I can listen to the bass player and the guitar player. Everybody's playing at some point. They're they're either playing a Cuban style or they're playing funk mm-hmm. or they're playing. So I I can play a conga beat that's like like a Cuban style. Mm-hmm. I can play a conga beat that's R and B style, and it all fits. It all works perfectly, mm-hmm. and all at the same time. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what's so magic mm-hmm. about it, man.
2: Yeah, that's great. That happened with the cha cha cha. Yeah. On the phone. chick, yeah. And you go like, Right? mm mm-hmm. Right? And you got the chuck it, chicky, chuck baby. Like cousins.
1: You are just buzzing with rhythm. It makes so much sense to me. Even sitting here with you now, like, I'm just, like, feeling that. And, like, every single person, I think, who was watching you last night was like, oh, my God, you can't listen to your music and not want to dance. And I think that now listening to you and knowing you and, and putting all those things together, it makes sense that you would be the person that fits all of the things together so seamlessly, all of these beats. And do you feel that in yourself? Like, was there something growing up, like, in your life that were you always this person? who just, Always. Always yeah. is something
2: always is something happening in life. And that's good. Mm. That's good because we are translating music. The show is the best part. The show is, is the moment of release yourself. Mm. Of all, everything, just like in that place, just part of the tribe. We are just, we are all together and that and the groove. And the people get together too. So we start to be bigger, bigger, bigger big. and, and that sensation is amazing. That feeling is amazing. And always always is the moment of growing of growing in, in things and realizing what is going on and being grateful for for, for the people around.
0: Other part of that, and I'm glad you mentioned this. And for the people who are listening, go on YouTube and find some performances, some of your live performances. Because the other part of this, there's the musicality, but there's also the dance,
2: Mm -hmm. right?
0: You're an amazing dancer and movement within the context of what the music's happening, right? And when the first time I saw you at South by Southwest, what, four years ago or so, I immediately thought of. Otis Redding from 1968 mm. like at Monterey right or or James Brown at the Tammy show you know in 61 right it's like that's you have that energy but then also some Benny Moremos from Cuba right mm-hmm. you know what I mean so like that's part that's also part of the tradition in both the United States and in Cuba is the dance part of it right? yeah definitely Yeah, you grow
2: you grow in a house with the people dancing mm. my home my house everybody was dancing it's this kind of thing when you grow up dancing and all the time it was this competence. my cousin is a great dance of salsa and my uncles too and they was competing in the streets mm. sometimes oh <laughs> made La what La I would
1: give yeah. to, to experience mm. that
2: where in Cuba was this? Pina de Rio Pina de Rio
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah. wow yeah but you and you dance all the time my uncle for example he danced break dance too he, he made all the breakdown moves because mm. he loved wow. his music he was the one that introduced me La Rishi, Michael, and all this music, mm. and yeah, I've been seen and dancing all day long or you know, everywhere.
1: I can literally imagine it, little <laughs> you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was
2: a little bit crazy.
1: <laughs> no, but you can see it. You you dance with that. There's no holding back. you you've got the almost like the childlike energy of just yeah, like I'm a, loving the music and I'm just it, gonna great dance. Great
2: times. We put a, a speaker, big speaker, in my cousin's house. We put a big speaker in the in the portal. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah, they put music there, and we was competing with us, with my cousin, the friends, of the name, who was competing in, in dance mm-hmm. all day,
0: every afternoon. It was like yeah, competing there. Also, it was a really good time. Yeah. Mm. So it goes back to the to African influence of all the dance, the movement, the singing, the call and response, all of that. Yeah. Definitely.
1: Does it feel different to you when you perform? When you're, let's say, performing in Cuba versus performing in the U.S. to a crowd that feels like there's, let's say, in Cuba you're performing to a bunch of Cubans and, and here you're performing maybe to more like African-Americans or people who maybe are responding, are they responding to different parts of your music more? Like Yeah,
2: definitely. In Cuba it's different than in everywhere. Because that's that's everybody knows the songs,
1: mm-hmm.
2: everybody feel every every word of what I'm singing. Everybody feel that kind of of words and that kind of message. Everybody it perfectly, mm-hmm. and and everybody got their own part of of what they prefer to to flow. Because for example, in Cuba, my uh, the 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 crowd, the fan the fan base, is super uh, different. Mm-hmm. You can go to a show and, and see people from fifty forty sixties uh twenty thirty uh eighteen uh, like this cat this range is like a lot of people from every mm-hmm. from every age and and everybody does on their way in their moment and here in the state is' almost the same just that the people got more reaction on the on the on the one mm. and it's natural because it's more the funk and that's the people got inside here more than that we got there in Cuba. So every time that we hit the one the people feeling the sample from, wow. with the relajado, with the caramelo, with foam aspirin for example, from the Alimento, they you feel the people just hit hitting the one and, <laughs> and, and, and jamming with that. Yeah, it's a really nice reaction. In Europe is also awesome. in Europe it's a is a, a mix of both because they got the Afrobeat is really big there. Mm. So every time that you get in that Every time that when you get there, the people just start to chill, and you know this this hippie vibe, and you feel it there with with this groove specifically. And then you grow up from there, and you start to give them all of it, all this the rest of the scene. But you give given before that that food, and they they start to to deal with that, and then you can give it every, everything.
1: Wow. It's just interesting. I the, the, love that. The
2: dance personalities of the country. I and know. Oh, like, oh that's what I see. All. I don't know I don't know if they're feeling that way. That's the way that I see, you know, I see them <laughs> i <I'm> like,
1: <laughs> it is what? It's noon here. It's 9 a.m. LA time. And all I want to do is go out dancing right now. Like, that is how I've been listening. So I'm like, okay, let's go. Vamos. If, the, if the body <laughs>
0: asks you for that, give it to them.
1: <laughs> I love that.
0: So we've been talking about all these connections to Africa through the music, through the dance, uh, through your experiences. Tell us about your name. Sima Funk is also a, a direct connection to your African culture and your heritage. Mm.
2: Well, yeah, definitely Sima. Uh, came from the Maroons, the, the 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 world uh, from Sima Run. and for us in Cuba, is the Maroons, and as you mm-hmm. say here, and for for me and for us in Cuba and. For, the people from Cuba we we believe that the Cimarron have a big influence in all the Afro Cuban behavior and the Afro Cuban culture in all things. And
0: e- Explain what Cimarron is.
2: Ah okay. Yeah. <laughs> Cimarron was the slave that escaped from the house. The when in the slavery time, they was living in the in the house of the master well and outside of the house of the master, but they was in chain and stuff. The Cimarron find a way to escape from there. And uh, he ran into the forest. So it was couple small village in Cuba, and pretty famous actually. When they they have like a small societies of smart rooms living there. They was creating like a new way of live because it was different tribes from Africa getting there together. It was a really interesting way of life. It's not, it's not a lot of documentation because they didn't know how to write, mm-hmm. but it's many crazy histories. But it's other history more rais- reasonable. And yeah, it was really interesting for me seeing that people like creating the the base of the of the Afro Cuban in Freedom. So I take Sima from that, especially also from my my grand 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 parent that was a slave in Cuba. And, and once I start to get more in touch with all my my ancestors, I just get obsessed with that. And I say like okay, I gotta that's that's my main thing. So I take Sima from that mm-hmm. and Funk because it's. I tell you, it's almost the same for me, in the way that I see that the funk is the heritage from Africa. After all, transformation from gospel, soul, R&B, all the all this music style, the funk arrive and it's like a, the danceable crazy part of all these things. And and between the funk and the rumba, and the funk and the timba, all the danceable style from Cuba, with the funk and they, are, they feel like cousins. So, for that reason, I taste a funk. Before that, my name was Eric Funk.
1: <laughs> yeah, the fun
2: is I've been always about Zima then I just get Zima is I love it.
1: Do you feel like all of those different things like you're naming huge musical traditions and traditions of people you're talking about these big things of your ancestors and all of the things that they've experienced like do you feel that in yourself like do you feel that weight in yourself and
2: Yeah, in certain certain way I seen yeah, of course. Definitely. Definitely. I just I, I, I'm not focusing in conscience of the way that I feel about that but because I just I'm I'm part of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just one more. I'm in my room. And I just doing what the soul asked me and 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 it's part of that. It's, it's, it's also the music when when I put the first album it wasn't nothing like that happening in the in the environment in Cuba at that time. So everybody was running to doing something that everybody was saying like it was the 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 mainstream music at the moment, and uh, it was reggaeton or timba or of, yeah mainly that too. Mm-hmm. So everybody was doing was running to doing reggaeton, and I was like I want to do music, but I don't want to do what everybody's doing. I love funk and I love this. I'm gonna to try to do my a different scene for two reasons. One because I like it. I make reggaeton already, I like it now. This new this new step, and two, because it's better for business because if, not, if everybody's running to that way, just go to another way because you're going, to be more, you're going to have more probabilities.
0: Let's talk a little bit more about your childhood and how the Cuban culture was connected to Africa and how you were raised. You mentioned your great-great-great-grandfather was was an, an enslaved person. How did Africa become real in your life as a kid?
2: We never talk about Africa in my home. Yeah, you know, which is well, every time I remember that I was talking about Africa was for because we got the for the food I was saying like a, just say thank you because kids, African kids they eat the small rice from the floor. I was like, yo, this kid, this they really had a problem. <laughs> we fine, and that was the main reference to Africa. Unfortunately, because we didn't have the the information of of for real what what African is. But then I started to grow up. And I started to understand more, and I started to see the reality. And I was like, yo, that's great, because at the end, we grew up in that way. We grew up in a big family with the, my grandma, my mom, and the, the sister of my grandma. They was like uh, the main head of family. Every Sunday, everybody had to go to the house. Every day in the afternoon, my grandma, she, she had seven sons. And every son have to go, even if you live independent, you have to go every afternoon to see... Uh, to the house to see my grandma, sure. but that kind of behavior of tribe, we I grew up with that kind of flow, with that kind of mindset and spirit set. So today, my we are a big family. We still like being a big family tribe. Right. We still trying to keep that heritage of of be together, of be able to see each other, to to share each other, to to be together, supporting each other because. That's the way that we grew up, and that was the way in that in that time. Because when you when you start to see more history about Africans, it was tribe. Everything was a tribe see? Everything was a tribe. Everybody had their own like a their own position in the tribe. And, and yeah, in my in my in my family was was women's women's. Mm-hmm. My grandma, the sister of my grandma, my mom. They was the head. And my my aunties, the woman was the head of the of the family. My family, and they they did great. They did good.
1: How does the fact that that's the way that you grew up? How does that influence how you move in the world? How you use your music? How you interact mm-hmm. with people?
2: Yeah, it's that. That's 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 everything. Because at the end, it's a collective. So it's a big team. Like I got I got a big team, and every day is more people in, in the team. But I start to feel pressure at some point. But at the end, it was like yeah, just. It's just have the tribe mind, the tribe state and it's gonna be fine. And that's the way that we are together mm. with the whole team, with the whole band, which is a tribe. We we, we take care of each other as like family. And we mm. communicate each other as like family and we take we take care of us. We we figure out the way to be connected and be happy together. Mm. The people feel that when, when you make a show, the people feel that we got this connection and we are together. Now we for real together and they feel that in visual, but they feel that in the groove too. And when they feel that, they just wanna be part of that because everybody wanna be, be part of of people, of more. So we just get more and more people into the groove and you see in the show, 20 minutes after the beginning, everybody just in the tribe state So it's like everybody just won, nobody cared nothing else. Everybody just moving with us and just feeling that groove que bien se come caliente ay mamita sopla que la salsa está caliente que bien se come caliente no que te ponga goronza o te quemas la bemba eh. tiene una candela que quema la especialidad tuya es la candela lo tuyo es la candela ay tu tienes un fuego que me quema
1: as someone who grew up in a very strong matriarchy, mm. I understand the influence is powerful. Mm. It's all about you have to put your people first. You have Definitely. to put you have to put the familia, the tribe, the, the the community first, always.
2: Definitely, that's the only thing that you got.
0: You know, Anna, I've always been moved by the way that Sima Funk and his band have been collecting these fans all around the world, gig by gig. And as you just heard right now, he's just adopting everyone, making everyone part of the tribe. Like that sense of family, that sense of community, as we heard, is driving his mission.
1: Not only is he so focused on the family element of his music and the way that it brings his band together and the audience together and all of these things, but I was so struck by that moment where he talks about the difference in the crowds he's playing to, too, and the the ways that they respond and connect with the music that he's playing. And to me... That's another level of connection and community building and family, right? Where he's like, no, these are my people and I want to pay attention to, to how they respond and communicate back to me what I'm giving to them. And I just think that that has to be the whole thing, right? Like that's the center of who he is and his music.
0: And that intentionality, the things that he's presenting by way of his music and by way of his band and by way of all of the gigs is something that I think just gets stronger and stronger and just bringing people together, that sense of community, that sense of family. I think that that's probably the biggest factor behind any and all successes that they're having as they continue to grow and get bigger.
1: Next time you guys play together, I'm invited, right? Yes, you
0: are. Yes. No <laughs> doubt. No doubt. That's going to do it for this week's show. I want to remind you that you are listening to All Latino from NPR Music. Our editor is Hazel Sills, and the woman who keeps us on track is Grace Chung.
1: Our production assistants are Sophia Seidel and Jerusalem Truth.
0: Our jefe in chief is Keith Jenkins, head of NPR Music and Visuals.
1: You have been listening to Alt Latino. Felix, you've been away too long.
0: You have been listening to Alt Latino from NPR Music. I'm Felix Contreras.
1: I'm Ana Maria Sayer.
0: Thank you for listening.